0: Ouai dot com and enter promo code Andy for fifteen percent off any product. That's theouai dot com with promo code Andy. Just call me colorblind, cause all I see is green.
1: I don't play dirty, but I do love math. <gasps>
0: Wait a second. <laughs> Wait a second. First off, you guys, you know what show you're listening to. AG f 126. I did figure out what number it was. First off, our guest who I'm going to introduce in a hot second, first time on the AG People's People's Couch, prefaced us recording by being like, I don't know about this tagline. Can I say that? Are you going to get pissed at me no. for saying that? That was such a good can you say it one more time so i can like tattoo it on my arm because i was gonna do a little open heart but now i think i actually want to like tattoo your tagline on me
1: okay i don't play dirty but i do love mass I know, I'd have to, like, play around with the variations of how I say.
0: Well, it's all about the, I mean, sometimes it does come down to the variation, but every variation of my love is, like, emanating for that (laughs) tagline. So, you guys, we have a new um, guest co-host, and I'm so excited, Evan Ross Katz.
1: Thank you for having me. I am
0: so excited. First off, I've been standing your Twitter for like more than a hot second, more like (laughs) 4.5. I am very into it. And I am so excited that you're here because you are my favorite kind of co-host. You are a very well-researched Bravo-holic, which I appreciate because when people come on AG, listen, I love all Bravo stands, all Bravo people, comedians, writers, Bravo lebs, but I find it interesting when someone's like, yeah, I only watch Jersey and maybe I've only seen the last three seasons. I'm like, okay, cool. kadoos to you. Like, that's amazing that your journey is recent. Like, that's one welcome to the family. Yeah. But also, if you love it, aren't you just interested in, like, a little bit of Atlanta? Yeah. Or don't you want to just, like, add in a touch of, like, new local flavor with Dallas or whatever was remaining of Dallas that we're now regurgitating this season? Like, don't you yearn to, like, go across the bridge and see a little bit of what New York has to offer? It's fascinating to me. So I love having someone who knows like real serious history so I am yeah. so excited to study thanks. great American history with you today I
1: don't know like how proud I am you <laughs> of should be very but, proud this um, is
0: a lifetime achievement well, have thanks. you seen every because I you, you've mentioned Miami before you've mentioned yeah. I think DC rest
1: in peace right DC, yeah. and I enjoyed DC yeah I have watched everything I fell off of Jersey during season six how could you not um, but came back you know when Margaret came along and saved mm, things God bless. and then I'm trying uh, Oh, Jesus Christ. Superstar. uh, Yeah, I've seen everything else. Wow. Yeah. And you are
0: a writer who's been published in everything ever. I mean, like, (laughs) should we shout out your credits? Because it's just essentially any publication. Teen Vogue, Allure, MTV, Men's Health Out, Playboy, Refinery29, which just got bought by Vice, which is an interesting development.
1: I'll announce here, uh, (gasps) I will be doing... Are you familiar with the Cock Destroyers?
0: Wait, are those those girls?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I will be profiling <laughs> them in the new issue of Interview Magazine.
0: You need to... Did you uh, tell T. Kyle?
1: No, not yet. This literally just <laughs> transpired. Because
0: um, can I tell you, I only know about them because of his Instagram. Oh, uh, yeah. Well,
1: they're like, yeah, gay icons. Wait, so who are they? They're... They're adult film actresses. They are. They have really, really interesting sort of origin stories, but essentially they're adult film stars that have gone like mega viral, but are actually like incredibly sort of like woke women in terms of LGBTQ <gasps> rights, oh, women's love. rights, sex workers' rights, etc. So and how g- old are they? They're in their forties, and actually, Rebecca huh. has two kids. I recently learned. Uh, but so Jurgen Teller, who's like one of the most famous fashion photographers living today, is going to yeah. be shooting them for interview, and I'm going to be profiling them. So I'm super excited this for this. This is huge. Yeah. And it's funny, I pitched its interview months ago and the editor-in-chief wrote back and he was like, who are they? And I explained it, but it's it's kind of like hard to explain them on paper. You kind of just have to see the videos. <laughs> yeah, uh, or Google
0: image cock destroyers and yeah. see what comes up.
1: Yeah, you'll get a lot. Um, but then they finally got the email and they were like, let's do this. And I was like, oh yeah, for online. And they were like, no, for the next issue. <gasps> oh
0: my God, yeah. so, so exciting. Such a, a dream
1: come true. So anyway, look out for that.
0: Wait, so. can I just ask one more cock destroyer question? So are they in films together? Do they pair up as destroyers to to help destroy the world?
1: Totally. Valid question. So I haven't done the interview with them yet, so I don't want to speak out of... Yeah, turn, yeah. but it's my understanding that they have OnlyFans pages so that they record and distribute their own adult entertainment themselves
0: they have only what pages
1: OnlyFans. what's that it's kind of like porn it's kind of like uh, do you know what patreon is for like yeah, podcasting yeah, yeah. it's sort of like that <laughs> it's same that thing, thing I don't do it's yeah. the same thing but for porn? porn yeah oh that's super smart it's great yeah and and then so they make they direct to profit essentially so I know she has an OnlyFans, which is like her main revenue stream in which she appears in videos that she makes with Sophie I don't I don't know if they do like studio porn
0: are they sisters no and their boobs are, is that Tw- for
1: 220 double t- cc's is the amount of injection i just was reading about this right before i came here because she's had two breast implants now uh in each boob i don't know
0: wait you do mean two in each boob at once to make them that big or two different like operations two different
1: operations yeah,
0: because that has to be hard to just like live your yeah. life. You
1: know, if, if you're interested, obviously stay tuned for my article. But yeah, Google, guys, we're getting we're getting but Google uh, cock destroyers the face, <laughs> the, the magazine the face. They guys, did a make really sure you profile. do
0: this at work, by the way. Yeah, okay, yeah. that's the most important. Yeah. That's step one. Google will not work unless your boss is standing yeah. right behind you. Um, behind you.
1: But they're really fascinating. Wow. Yeah.
0: Well, that's amazing. Yeah. Like many mausels and interviews. Yes super serious
1: yeah it's like funny it's like it's literally sitting on my coffee table so I'm excited to be a part (sighs) of my coffee table that's
0: amazing well I'm so happy to have you in my coffee table situation audio podcast shenanigan etc um so let us talk actually I I have a writing related question is there a housewife that you think about and you're like I would love to interview them not to say that that's your favorite housewife it could even be someone that you hate but someone that you would love to sit down with for the purposes of publishing a piece
1: you know what? I'm going to give you a really strange answer because answer, she's sort of top of mind. And she's one of my least favorite housewives. If
0: you say, Daniel, stop. You're leaving right now. I'm going to ask you to
1: leave. No, I, I, I okay, don't think terrific. she'd be very inter- interesting. I would Amen. be interested in profiling Tamra. And I say that because I'm currently rewatching O.C.E. from the beginning. And, and, I'm on, and I will admit, actually, I did skip a big chunk of season six because I was so bored. But Which one was
0: season Because I never Peggy, know the number.
1: The original Peggy. Oh. Yeah. Can't. But, uh, and it's also when Eddie Actually, first Actually, Peggy
0: Tanoose wasn't bad.
1: It's not that she was bad. It's that she wasn't anything. Yeah,
0: because Alexis was like, I can't. Yeah, okay, she yeah, She was yeah. nothing. But yeah,
1: yeah, uh But anyway, the interesting thing about Tamara is that I think people often think of Tamara in the last couple seasons that we've seen of Tamara and sort of forget the early iteration of Tamara mm. and sort of the abuse that she sort of suffered from her husband, Simon, at the time. Mm -hmm. And I just find Tamara's journey on this show to be a lot more interesting than she's given credit for because Tamara really was in a relationship like Alexis where she was deferential to a man to a degree that she didn't understand that that was the case because that's all she knew. And I really do feel like doing the show – she met these other women who lived their lives independently of men and that gave her the fortitude to leave Simon and sort of start this whole new life for herself for the third time. Cause she'd already done that leaving her first husband for right. Simon. So anyway, I just think Tamara has a lot to say. And I don't think she's ever done like a long form interview in which she's been asked to sort of like meditate on that. And I would love to sort of get into that with her.
0: That is such an interesting question. I wonder how open she would be. I thi- I would think actually that she might be open if she feels like she's not about to get like completely shit on yeah well I have to say
1: I've actually because I I really don't enjoy Tamara on the show in the last couple seasons god already
0: such a favorite guest of mine but going back
1: I really I have respect is probably not the word but I I like Tamara more than I remembered and I think that if people were to go back they'd be surprised it's sort of like uh she was a different force and a much more necessary force on the show especially in the middle seasons and uh i just think she's a really you know she's fascinating to study
0: she has changed a lot certainly her story has changed a lot but what i find interesting about her is that she has always been a shitster she has always from you know pretending that like her relationship with Vicky and relationship with Simon, you know, where she was blaming Vicky for Simon shit, yeah. blaming Simon for Vicky shit. I mean, she, and I know that that's specific to a very dysfunctional marriage, but like naked wasted, there's a whole, and again, that's part of the Simon generation. She has done the Shannon fight at, um, uh, bikini swimwear. Um, one season more divorced her husband. Uh, Oh my God. I just forgot her name. I'm blinking too. Um, brunette, Sun, be I remember the name of her swim line is like beach bunny, sunny bunny, oh, sun bunny, Lizzie? Lizzie. Yeah, yeah. The dinner party at Lizzie's, where mm-hmm. she, you know, essentially was the one that, yeah, you know, fed the beast enough for
1: yeah. Shannon
0: to break loose, you know, completely lose her mind. I mean, she's she has been relatively consistent in creating plot and I just wonder when I look at her like how much of that is organic how much of that comes from her being a genuine broken bird who dealt with serious depression you know um, contemplated taking her own life was in a yeah. destructive marriage had a young kid didn't pay the water bills or whatever didn't know how the lights were going to come on and how much that contributed to making her just like skittish versus her interest in like manipulating
1: people yeah. versus
0: her dedication to continue getting that huge Bravo check
1: yeah and, and I- I also I have a great amount of empathy for her with regards to the decision to leave Simon because her kids were really young at the time besides Ryan and I really do think she was taking a huge leap of faith in terms of not being able to rely on um Simon financially and as we know he for whatever reason or had a lot of money or purported to have a lot of money and so I think that it was a really like brave and uh I don't know it was I really I love that moment for her and it made me kind of uh, have an empathy towards her that I don't think I remembered having or perhaps didn't have when I originally watched
0: I want to continue this OC conversation but is there a housewife that you would not want to interview where like if that opportunity came you're like I don't know if there is either enough here or if that's someone that I want to be in a closed door room with.
1: Well, I've interviewed Luann twice now, and she's someone I'd probably be the least interested in interviewing again, not because I've interviewed her, but just because I understand the veneer of being a housewife in an interview setting because you're sort of being asked to... Reflect upon this heightened version of yourself. So it gets a little bit confusing because, like, you're talking about yourself, but you're talking about a version of yourself, and not everyone's great at sort of compartmentalizing those aspects of them, you know, of themselves. Uh, but I think that Luann, there's a level of dishonesty about her that is so intrinsic to how she's learned to function. I'm dying. That I find her to be n- not compelling because as a result.
0: Because. And how much of that do you think is self-protection versus delusion?
1: Mm. I don't know the answer to that. I don't know. To me,
0: she comes across in person stunning. Let's yeah. start with beauty. Beauty. Because yeah. that's great. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Good for you at being a beautiful woman. Um, she seems very focused on saying the same thing. maybe using different words, but probably not like she's on a little bit of a hashtag systematic bullying tour right now (laughs) with like the women weren't nice to me, but I'm a survivor. Look at me and let me make Giovanni jokes for 45 minutes. I had an AG listener reached out to me yesterday. That was who was like, I left her show. He said it was not, it was just like tired jokes. It wasn't anything interesting. They were surprised about, the landscape of the room that it wasn't like gay men. It was entirely seemingly older white women who were getting trashed, which God bless, but it wasn't, it felt like it had already, it's on its like next generation. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not the, like, I remember, being at her first performance and it was a huge fucking deal. Like the vibe was there. The energy was there. It was crazy. It was yeah. electric.
1: Springsteen back in New York. yeah. For real. Back in Jersey. Excuse me. I
0: mean, yeah. Regard. I mean, same thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, But and now it's like a little tired and it feels a little tired when I hear her talk about her experiences on the show, because I don't think she's as interested in being Truly introspective and I don't know if that's because she's on her sober journey and she feels like that is going to be a trigger or if she's just genuinely disinterested and is maybe surrounded by people who are telling her she's a goddess
1: or both. Or both. I mean, my... And I, this might sound a certain way. So I filmed with them a couple weeks ago um, for season 11. And... Now
0: I'm sitting totally up. And
1: Lou's assistant texted me and was like, Will you come to XYZ? Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, long story made medium length. I show up and I say hi to Ann And our friend is like, Oh, do you remember Evan? And she said, Nice to meet you. And I've known Lou for many years. I've interviewed her, as I said, several times. And interacted with her so much. And it's just like... And that's why, hey, my rule of thumb is always say it's good to see you in those settings. But also it's just like, wow, this person does not remember me. And it has nothing to do with my own self-importance or I don't intend it to. It's just rather that I think that says a lot about who she is, that it's just everyone she meets is kind of like another face. um, And she doesn't really invest in sort of like getting to know people. Whereas other housewives that I have relationships, I, I don't know the word, but other housewives yeah, yeah. that I know and, and um, are so much kinder. And especially for a press person uh, who is rooting for the majority of these women, I would just think that at the very least you would feign remembering the person. And I think that says a lot about Lou's character.
0: I just want to also say she couldn't have been lovelier when I kikied with her. And I am so appreciative of that. It's just that, like, if I had three hours to talk with a housewife she wouldn't be in my top five because i want to dive in deep and p.s it's sort of interesting that we're talking about her and i think we're feeling the same thing because she was the only housewife to my knowledge that got that fun little spin-off of like before housewives mm. whenever they were whatever where she was talking about her past life and she was talking about being in europe and skiing and royalty and whatever the Love. fuck else And it was so good. It was so entertaining. And it was like, are they opening the door for this for something for Luann or less, which is less likely than like them just doing this with other housewives, which P.S. They should a thousand percent do. And I don't know why they didn't. But it's interesting that she was the one that was picked. And yet we are both saying that she's not necessarily the ideal person to have a conversation with because the conversation will be and this isn't me being trying to be negative but it will be relatively superficial yeah and there's superficial is fine superficial is fun it can be interesting but I also want to like hear I want to understand you I want to understand the choices that you've made and like really when you've been in the shit how that felt and the influence of production yeah And it can be hard to do that with someone who's still on the show regardless because they don't want to ruffle any feathers, which is why I personally enjoy talking to people who are no longer on the show. They might be bitter. They might be desperate to come off, come back, whatever. But they're going to typically be more honest than a housewife on a show and certainly than a housewife that's like currently in production. But that being said, I do wish just because with Luann, she's had like 15 different chapters. She's had such a journey on like a, she was, she started off as a genuine socialite. People use the term, look at Ramona, who's like trying, Ramona's goal in life is to be Luann season one. Like she wants to be seen as that person that's like old school name, genuinely respected or whatever, invited to these glamorous things, speaking, getting awards, whatever, with her like shiny, sparkly, very wealthy husband and i want to hear more about understanding the journey from that to class with the countess to divorcee to mrs dagostino to christmas eve arrest to you know giovanni Whatever, yeah. i mean like there are there are chapters that i didn't even mention there's so much there and i wish that she was as open to speaking about it as I am to like listening to her talking about it. Mm -hmm. But I also, I am not, I don't live a sober life and I've never experienced like that journey. And hers could not be more in the public eye. And because there are even like, currently questions about the sobriety stuff and now she's off probation whatever else and it's entirely her choice it's completely up to her but I just wonder how much of that is because she's afraid she's gonna get burned or maybe that her co-stars will use something against her versus this is her self-protection mechanism and she can only look at the superficial stuff versus she is like entirely disinterested in anything else but the very very top layer Hmm. like I don't know
1: I don't know but fascinating
0: Yeah. So what was your experience like? So what the fuck did you go to? What was this?
1: So this was an after party for Lou's comedy show, which you'll be seeing on the show this season. Wait,
0: stop. Comedy show as in not a cabaret? Not a a, cabaret. So the production said to her, you cannot say cabaret ever again.
1: Can't confirm that. Uh, But I know there was a comedy show and we were filming at some like, ping pong place on like spin? No, but l- that kind of place. Carol's favorite. And I posted footage of this online, but <gasps> basically the I witnessed a fight between there's a big fight between Tinsley and Dorinda. Um yeah, uh and I filmed that and then Everyone was getting along. Everyone was getting along except for Dorinda. Dorinda was fighting with everybody. The most memorable thing I can tell you was that when I was leaving, I was walking up the stairs with Lou, Sonia, and Ramona, and I got up the stairs first. It was like a spiral staircase, and I saw Dorinda sitting at the front, and as soon as she spotted us, she ran behind the step and repeat. As the women exited. So whatever was going on, I'm sure it'll play out on the show. But (laughs) That's an amazing move. Yeah, there's some kind of drama that went down. And then it's funny because I posted it on my Instagram story and I saw that Dorinda had looked at it and I just DM'd her and I was like, just making sure we're all good. And then she hearted my comment, so...
0: Because you were afraid that she was gonna be like, "Why the fuck are you posting this?" I don't.
1: The clip didn't make her look good because <laughs> she oh was, God. you know, on all the more one. reason to watch it, right? Um, but I just wanted her. I I just wanted. I mean, I care about Dorinda, so I wanted to make sure she didn't feel like I was like violating her um, in any way.
0: So, what did the? I mean, what did it seem like? It's hard to say. Like, how did this feel to you when? we're used to watching like an edited 44 minute clip where that could be five minutes of it, or it could be like 37 minutes. How did it feel to you? How did the energy feel? Did it feel like they were desperate to do something because of their, you know, loss? um, So Leah
1: was there. And then another friend of that they're testing right now. Um, Who's Leah? Leah's the new, the newest Tinsley's friend. Oh, right.
0: The, the one who has a Republican boyfriend
1: don't know about that, but that would be interesting. I read something. Somebody said something about her. uh, I will say this. Or no,
0: she's a Republican and her boyfriend's progress. I forget.
1: Um, I am like deeply, deeply in mourning over the Bethany thing. It's just gonna be, I'm, I've now gotten to the point where I'm very open to loving season 12, Um, but it's just gonna be a different relationship that I'm going to have with the show because my love for Bethany sort of transcends housewives and it's really, it's more than, it's just more than that. I really think Bethany is a, genius storyteller communicator comedian I think one thing that I was told a long time ago was like one of the best skills you can have in the world is the ability to get people into a room and it's just like Bethany is that person in every sense my god
0: that's so good yeah
1: so it's like so anyways I just I am open to new plots I'm open to new drama etc I think that they're gonna try an everyone against Dorinda plot this season and I know Lou really wants to have a redemption arc this season fine I'll obviously be tuning in New York is my favorite franchise I have taste but um but it's just gonna be really really tough for me
0: how did you feel as a can I call you a Bethany Superstan? yeah okay an OG skinny girl yeah now. oh my god um how did you feel about the way that she exited this go around love you did yeah as a viewer you love that she told Nobody but her publicist and the day they were supposed to film or the night before.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just feel like she did it her way. And obviously, if you look at like the response uh, in the comment section of her post, it was just such a classy way to do it. And I also really appreciate the fact that Bethany makes no bones about the fact that like this show made her. And she loves these women And she appreciates this experience So I think that it wasn't like A big fuck you to the show As other women have done when they exited I think it was just a feeling of This has run its course And as much as people want to paint this as like She was about to film that night It's like she could have literally like There are much uh, shittier things That she could have done by way of exit Um, And it's just like I think she went out on top As she always does
0: Um, Love that so have you been following her social media this week? Yeah. So Flip she... The boobs. Well, yeah, two-parter. Some questions were... I, it's like not that she ruffled feathers, but some questions were raised about two things that she posted on social. Yeah. The first... I forget if it's in the same order. Maybe they were done at once. The first was a... um card yeah. picture thing that Bryn made for her that she shared on social that says to mom sorry about your family I hope you have a good one now PS I love you love Bryn <laughs> with beautiful uses of color yeah and um almost like a burgeoning Matisse
1: Lou's daughter is shaking
0: Uh, Victoria wishes and then she posted I think it was a story of Bryn who as we know is not allowed to show her face on social
1: however you can see her and um, and I have seen her
0: on stories in the past it's never on posts. it's always on stories and I wonder if it's I wonder if there's a strategy behind that yeah um but it's Bethany talking about skinny girl tank tops or something. I honestly forget. And Brynn is holding her boobs and like gesticulating with Bethany's bosom as she's talking. Yeah. And it's, not meant to be sexual. I don't think anyone has received it as sexual at all. It's just an interesting choice to look at that video. And maybe you share it with some friends. You're not going to share it with your ex, but maybe you like send it to so-and-so. Isn't this cute? Isn't this adorable? Yeah. But knowing that there is a reason your child isn't allowed to have a presence on social media, you share that with a couple million people. I just found that to be Interesting decision,
1: yeah. So, all I can say, I don't have strong feelings about it, but I will say this I feel that Instagram Story, which is my favorite uh platform of communication, yeah, I love it. The difference to me, and I, I agree with you, it's like sort of like oh, you're sharing to a million people. Uh, Instagram Story, unlike feed or unlike Twitter, uh, is an opt in, right? So, when something pops up on your Twitter. It sometimes it will scroll by you not by your own volition, um, but that's not the case with feed. So I feel like as anyone that follows Bethany's very lengthy stories knows, Bethany is giving you every goddamn detail. At we every are getting of the every time. flip of the grilled cheese. Like we're getting in the thick of it. Musical theater. Yes. So I just feel like that. Yes, for a uh, casual Bethany viewer, those posts might have seemed quite strange, but. For anyone that's sort of like familiar with uh, with what they're buying into, it was sort of par for the course. Um, if people are offended by it, I would say don't click on it.
0: Amen. And do you think she'll come back?
1: To Housewives. Yeah. Um, I really think it's an I don't know. Yeah, I think it just sort of depends on, you know, I wish her so much success with these new television endeavors. And I think it will see how these go. And I think I think Bethany's very much goes where the wind takes her in terms of if, if, if it feels right for her to come back, she'll come back.
0: It's it's a hard pill for me to swallow because I was a super Bethany stan, loved her. I own every episode of the three seasons of her spinoff. I have seen them many, many multiples of times. Yeah, She came back and I was like, who's this chick? Like it was, she was riding so high on the popularity that she had received off season yeah. that I was like, this went to her a little bit. And then she hardened. I felt like she was cruel. It felt like whatever. And then the last couple seasons and this season, maybe the best of any housewife of any franchise and I honestly have said on this show repeatedly like Bethany doesn't live here anymore I was convinced that she would never return because I felt like she had too much money and too much fame and you know what fuck me because she fucking came back like I thought this past season with everything that she genuinely went through with Dennis and everything else I was like shit man like she is really giving it but she's also not doing it at the Only at the expense of other people. She's genuinely funny. It seems like she has really gone through something. She's kind of come back down to earth a little bit. Obviously, she has more money than anybody else on that franchise. God bless. But it felt like that wasn't necessarily being used as much as a weapon as it has before. And so to have her leave now, I was like. God no, because you're back. Like I didn't know that I would get my love back. Like I like the yeah. love of my life. Well, I'm
1: glad that we got a season after all of the Carol michigas because yeah. I feel like that became a bigger thing than it was for either of them. Just by the, f- the flaming of the fans, the fans flaming of the fan,
0: the fa- flame flames,
1: f- the fans, fans, fans flaming, flaming the, fan. the
0: fans. yeah yeah, yeah. shit hitting the fan and then it's flaming and then it's fanning and then whatever yeah yeah. Yeah.
1: um so i'm glad that she had like a carol free season because i never really bought that drama was uninteresting to me in that i am never a fan of the genuine friendship falling apart on the show i think that's when the show is at its worst so for instance it's like um like the nini cynthia like a genuine friend like that i will never be interested in that plot because they are meant to be friends The Jill Bethany thing is so different because it was like the foundation was cracked to begin with. And so I feel like I, I, and I feel so strongly about this. Like when the show tries to do that these two people are meant to be friends thing and they're like, okay, sorry to, but uh, Karen and Giselle are a great example of like, they're meant to be frenemies. So when they fight, it's golden because it's like, we're not, we're not sitting there hoping, you know, that this will come together. We, We want a mess from them and they deliver my mother's. Um, but yeah, I feel like in the case that was like one of those instances of like, okay, you two are both really wildly successful, smart women that understand the mechanism of this show so well and respect each other. And honestly, oh my gosh, when I go back and rewatch their budding friendship in season seven and how organic it was, I love them both. And like, I love the friendship that they built and I, think it's dumb. I, I didn't like that we had to do that in season 10. But anyway, all that to say, I'm glad that we got season 11 and sort of like build Bethany back up and I'll just forever appreciate her. I mean, honestly, uh, hyperbole aside, I really, she's one of my heroes and I really do feel like she exemplifies the American dream. Like in all seriousness, I feel like we can, you know, say, oh, it's just reality TV, blah, 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 blah. But like Bethany is the American dream.
0: She's what everyone thinks they can do but like she actually did it how many people think i have a great idea like she had a great idea it didn't work out she had another great idea it didn't work out like this is the woman that was bethany bakes like she thought it was bethany bakes that was gonna hit it big and then ps she was ordering this drink i mean yeah for real but she's one of those people where if it hadn't been skinny girl I truly think it would have been something else. Yeah. Like she had it within her. It's, and yeah. it is, it is deeply intrinsically, specifically American in like the best way. Yeah.
1: I mean, also I feel like she's just a born leader. Like when she talks, I listen, like it, I really do feel like if Bethany, you know, uh, you know, texted me right now and was like, be at this address at this time, I would literally be like, drop everything to get there just cause like, you know, um, and as The wonderful humanitarian work that she's done within all these crisis crises uh, around the country—it's just like Bethany rises to the occasion.
0: Okay, totally different question. Hashtag this is a crisis. Who do you despise? Who is your least favorite housewife that you're like, do not—it's nothing to do with interviewing anything else. Who do you like look at and you're like, I fucking hate you? And maybe that's entertainment-wise or just you hate them—they have the spirit of the devil, they do not have a soul, you know whatever it's just like vultures flying who is that person to everybody has one
1: current or former
0: both either
1: whatever my least favorite housewife of all time is Gretchen um just because I feel like the show invested so much in Gretchen and Gretchen didn't deliver like ever like and it's so it's not necessarily Gretchen's fault but the show like centered her as the star of the show in a way that she never earned and Gretchen wasn't a good fighter So Gretchen's probably my least favorite like ever. And then currently I guess it's Teresa and only because it's not even that I adamantly hate Teresa. It's that Teresa's such a nothing that was iconic for a few years, many years ago. And we've like kept up with and like, I don't root for or against her. And like, she doesn't, she's not a good fighter and she's not a loyal friend. And so it's like, I feel like I love, I love a Housewives villain, but I particularly like when a villain has sort of like people on their side or, or has qualities, like Jill is a great example of like Jill was the villain, but like you, you kind of loved her. At least I did. Like there was a lot of redeeming qualities about Jill and you understood why she made the choices she made. Not to say that I, or I didn't support them, but I was like, okay, I get what's going through her mind. Totally. And I just feel like in the case of Teresa, it's like she doesn't learn from her past mistakes. She's not a very smart person, I'm going to say. And I also feel like... Breaking news. Yeah. And I feel like this line gets crossed a lot on the shows. It's happening right now in OC with Jolie. But I feel like Teresa's kids in particular, you see the trauma and how it's sort of like ruined their lives what
0: did you think about I mean I guess I'm you've just answered this but what did you think about the fact that in the trailer for the upcoming season of New Jersey it seems like Gia who might be 17 at the time still a minor and PS if she was 18 or 19 because I feel that about Tamara's um yeah beautiful son who's being Ugh just completely abused our camera. Um but and I'm not speaking about Wait, Ryan w- oh, Spencer. Okay, yeah. I just making sure yeah. I wasn't hanging uh, hang out. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, Ryan is just the best. Oh my god. Spencer um, for president. For real. Um but what do you think about the use of G on this forthcoming season? Noting what you just said
1: about Jolie. Yeah. Well, I mean, we have this with the ladies of rock right now with uh, Shannon's daughters getting confessionals. Um, and Jolie had one as well on rock. Uh, I'm not for it. I mean, I obviously every parent has the autonomy to do what they want to do. And obviously they're not the first show to do this. I mean, look at like dance moms for instance, but I just think the, I think it's exploitative. And I think not to jump franchises, but like, do it the Jolie stuff really um I do think kind of crosses the line a little bit there was a moment this past week that like I won't really forget and like that didn't sit well with me because Kelly was crazy but when she stands up and she's crying and she says to her you Jolie hates you and and the way she said that and the idea that I think Jolie is like 13 or 14 but the way she said it to me, like, the subtext was like, you didn't just ruin my life. You ruined my daughter's life. And I don't like, and, and Vicky surrendered. Um, but I I don't like to see that on the show. And I think I get kind of like uneasy about the kids getting involved with the adults. I think we saw the first taste of that. Like it was like season six or five of OC when brianna was present during like a, one of the fights with all the mm. ladies and was like i'm 19 years old and you ladies are like you guys fight more than our friends do and i was like that i thought was like okay i get it because brianna was always of age and she's always
0: been an old soul she's the perfect yeah. person
1: yeah um doesn't pick the perfect man I uh, mean- <laughs> but uh but uh yeah but i don't know i don't am not a big fan of kids on the show um and it's also funny because it's like you think about like people like sonia there's several of the women who like have these whole interior lives with kids that you never see and it's just like uh tamra is another one who has like these adult or because the one daughter was on the show but not the other one she's
0: not the um sydney hasn't been on since I, I want to say before the divorce because right. now they like, strange.
1: It's funny. You think it's like you don't watch the show thinking Tamara's a mother of four. Right. But like Vicky is so much like, yeah. you know, Vicky as this mother of the, these two. So I just think it's interesting the the role that kids have played on the show.
0: I I think it works. Sorry.
1: No, no. I was, I, real quick. I would just please, say please, please. the kid that has done it right for me yeah. is Avery Singer in terms of like ah! she's around occasionally. She's been in some pivotal scenes and she's a listener but she's never a drama starter. Um and she's smart. She's she knows smart her girl. mom's like kind of full shit. Yeah.
0: Um the point that you raised is especially interesting to me because in a few cases Sonia Tremont Morgan, Brandy, um and uh Tamra these are moms and women who would have been greatly helped I think in the public eye and with fans if they were shown in that maternal sympathetic lens where it's like I'm also a caregiver I'm not just incredibly destructive in my life and everyone else's I also like am a parent and I want to show this but in all of those cases their exes or whomever they were estranged with forbid it yeah Sonia pretends that she's doing this because she made a choice that her child is not going to be on camera but it was a part of her divorce settlement yeah Brandy is not allowed to show her kids on camera because of the arrangement that she has Which with totally her Which totally changes,
1: as you just mentioned, the audience's like ability to relate to you. Totally. I think about the very first episode when they introduced Bronwyn the season on OC mm. and how they gave us this glimpse into her interior home life. And I remember walking away from that being like, okay, boring housewife, great mother. Yeah. And so, and because it was like, you saw how well she held down the fort of her zoo of a home. Um, And I think that that really informed her story moving forward. And it's like, imagine Bronwyn without these seven kids as being sort of like a present within her storyline. I think it's really helpful to have the kids, although there are some instances when you see like the bad parenting going on. Mm. Um, But it's interesting too, like which which housewives you really associate with kids because like, as I said, I'm rewatching season seven of OC and it's like, I forget that like Alexis has kids and mm-hmm. recently, cause I'm really into Alexis on Instagram, I saw her two <laughs> teenage daughters like leaving for like, what is it? So it's the first day of school, I guess. The October. twins, right? Yeah. And they're like grown adults. And I was like, oh my God, like I had no idea Alexis had daughters just cause that like wasn't a part of her time on the show. They were on the show. They just weren't. Characters on the show, and I think another example of that is like Shannon's daughters have become characters over the years. But it's like in the beginning, it was like Shannon's got these three girls, but now all of a sudden, it's like they have confessionals, they're going to prom, they're characters. It is
0: surprising to me that David hasn't <sighs> pursued making sure that the kids remain off camera. I'm just saying, I, I just find that intro- and I die for Shannon. I'm a sh- I'm a sh- I'm fully obsessed and in love with Shannon. Can't really. I just wanna say that I know. Like I hear you guys and you guys DM me and you're like, what the fuck? I understand and I am happy to have a conversation about some complications, but and her like struggle and riding the struggle bus and becoming Trace Amigas instead of, you know, continuing to turtle time with Kelly. I think that would have maybe made people understand her more instead of aligning herself with these women, especially since the season has ended. But I do love her. And it's because I do honestly see a lot of myself in her. Like I really do. I just, I love her. I feel love for her when she giggles and she's talking. This isn't me, but like when she giggles and she's talking about like, in order to stay awake, I need a glass of wine. Like I'm laughing. Like I think she's funny. Like I just genuinely Love her. I'm just surprised that the kids are there, but it's also maybe because the kids are not and have not been used. I was going to say. Aside from the scene in the limo where she was like, grandma hates me. You know, like aside from that, they have not been used as weapons of war.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And they probably benefit. I think that they benefit from being on the show.
0: Yeah, I think that Shannon honestly had a camera crew not been there, she would have been talking about quinoa bowls and like silently crying regardless of what had happened with production. And now Mommy's happy and she's making cream cheese stuffed salmon happen. She's as happy as, you know... She's sort of like she's as happy as she's going to get. She's in a good... I think she's in a good place even and on the road to like an even better one right now.
1: Yeah, no doubt. And obviously wish her the best. I think the thing is at the end of the day, Shannon Badora is best friends with Jeff Lewis. And I think that that's sort of everything I need to know about who Shannon chooses to spend her time with off camera.
0: Why is... I don't understand. And I feel this about Leah Black who I've had on (gasps) AG and I've interviewed her several times in Miami. And she is... As wonderful as yeah. you would want her to be. An a good ex- woman. So good. Very shady. Needs to be back on something ASAP. Yeah. I do not understand. Bring her
1: who- to Dallas. Sh-
0: oh, my God. In a second. But also bring her to Beverly Hills because she has an L.A. place. Like, yeah. And they need an alpha who has a shit ton of money and a lot of opinions and very funny and quick and whatever. Totally. But I don't understand why she's cl- so close with Jeff because Leah is such a smart woman and... And gets it. And I think she really gets TV now, even though obviously like we've all had our own journeys as like pretend housewife. but you know, like she's like, ha- she had her journey with Anna and everything else in Miami, but <gasps> I know, uh, but I just, am, it's surprising to me Anna. that she's as close with Jeff as she is. Yeah. It's surprising because yeah. he is incredibly self-destructive.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and also
0: just destructive.
1: Yeah. I'm, I, 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 I mean, this is going against my tagline, but I mean, I do love mess, but like Jeff's brand of mess to me is like unappetizing.
0: He went in on Andy this week and was like, you what did he? He was like, you made jokes about flirting with Gage after we broke up. And it's like, sweetie, he apologized that first off. But second off, you say everything about everything relating to your breakup on a radio show. And he just, just does not have that platform. Also, like,
1: you don't bite the hand that feeds you
0: he he bites oh, yeah, the he entire this- hand off. what he did to jenny i it was not okay and now they expanded his show to five days a week and it's very strange he's so funny but he's so destructive and it gets so dark and knowing that he and gage are no longer and i felt like gage provided such a light not only on the show like mm-hmm. whatever like maybe gage had like some scheming moments you know maybe alish- initially or whatever but like Jeff has isolated himself from every single, from Ryan to like every single person who has ever supported him, worked for him. Yeah, what every Zoila and he no longer talk. Like there are problems there. And going back to your original point about Shannon, that is to me not great. I don't know if she does it because Shannon's someone who doesn't always express how she's thinking, and sometimes you go for people who even if they lean like way too far left are able to do what maybe you are not comfortable doing. I don't know. Maybe that's why maybe she finds him funny. I did enjoy the Jeff versus Heather Dubrow situation. Cause I did actually believe his side in that, that she was being a shit to a waiter and he was like, go fuck yourself. Um, and I liked how that continued for a year and a half for absolutely no reason. Yeah. It like two minute moment. Bring back out there. Uh, bring back out of I day. think though. Uh,
1: so Jeff is like such a retrograde gay man in that he exists in a world in which gay men, have this freedom to sort of like come into a woman's life and make it better like he feels like it's just this feeling of inferiority sort of like perpetuated the patriarchy but it's this idea that like because he's gay he gets a pass at saying things to women that would otherwise be unacceptable from a man because he's gay and I just feel like I don't feel like Jeff views his relationships with women as equal um, as we saw play on the show with with Jenny and with Zoila. I just think he has this inferiority complex about his relationships with many people in his life, it seems like. And I ultimately find that to be like gross.
0: You're like blowing my mind (laughs) right now. So let's talk about something that's blowing up, which is the last two seasons of Real Housewives of Orange County. Holy fucking sh- I did not again it's like the Bethany moment but for a franchise I did not know this was possible I assumed this was dying dead rest in peace gone yeah. like no more like this half or 75 percent of the last season of Beverly Hills I was like we're just gonna get through Orange County I don't give a shit about Gina I don't give a shit about Emily I fucking hate Shane and while the latter will apply till the day I die Last week was fucking unbelievable, and this week was so highly enjoyable. I was shook. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Especially because now you're rewatching and you're on season seven. Like, what are you thinking?
1: Yeah. So I think OC finally handled a problem that it's had for a long time in this specific episode, which is that OC in the past couple of years has been able to generate big fights but it's never been able to find resolution and i think the reason why new york is the success that it is is because the women are able to have these explosive fights and then they wake up the next morning and go and kayak or paddleboard or do whatever they need to do Exo they're yeah they're professionals and so i feel like oc there's just always been O.C.'s really big on feuds, but like kind of like, for instance, it's like, there's just so much unresolved stuff on O.C., but it like never has resolution. It's just kind of like these two people hate each other. And so this episode finally gave us like the Emily Gina reconciled. We got the unexpected Vicky. Um, what's uh, uh, Kelly? Kelly reconciliation. We got a sort of Tamara Emily reconciliation or or a forced one but it finally was able to like take the big fight and then bring us back down which is ultimately like where the fun lies and one reason why I've never connected with uh Kelly as a character on the show is because she only sort of has one mode and this episode for the first time she said something that I found so powerful she, and it actually like kind of made me like emotional.
0: I am, yeah, I'm here for this. It's when I'm, I'm she, here with you.
1: She turned to Vicky and she was with like, tears in her eyes and she said, I only called you a pig because Slade said that about you and I knew it would hurt your feelings. I didn't, I don't actually think that. And it's such a childish thing to do in the first place and then it's such a childish thing to say. And yet I found it really moving because... I know how much, I think calling a person, making fun of a person's physical appearance, obviously, I think, is a line cross. And then also then to do it on national television, it's also something that sort of, like, dogged Vicky over the years because of Slade's comments, which is really funny. I actually just watched that episode not that oh long God, ago my rewatch. when he was re-watch. pretending
0: to be a comedian. All this comedy tour. Yeah. Not yeah. great. Yeah.
1: Um, But I really loved that moment. And I think it humanized Kelly in a way that the show has never done before. And it was like the first time where it's like, okay, you're admitting that everything you've done is not out of anger, but out, but is masked hurt. And it's like, I finally felt like we got somewhere because I can work with that. Right. And it's like, and so I just thought that was like a really, sometimes the show does something that I think is like actually like, kind of like bigger than, I don't know, bigger than itself sometimes. And it sort of like makes a really profound statement. Um, and I really liked that moment so much because I think a lot of people can relate to the idea of saying something out of anger that they actually didn't mean. And there's that thinking sometimes we well, like, but you, you know, when you're drunk, you say what you really mean or look, like, blah, blah, blah. But I think Kelly in that moment was like admitted to the fact of like, it wasn't just that she admitted that she said it to hurt her, but then she added on tacked on the idea that she didn't actually mean it. And I just felt in that moment, I was like, Oh my God, we actually like advanced. And I think that was cathartic for the women and for the show. So did you
0: think that that moment, that scene, those apologies, did you find it genuine?
1: No. (laughs) No. But no, I didn't. I mean, also, Vicky, the I Surrender iconic. I think she said it three times. She
0: was like, I cannot (laughs) say I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) Which is so Vicky, which is like, I don't, I don't, I can't really like, deal with what I've done. All I can say is that I want to move forward. And it's like, no Vicky, like you have to deal with what you've done. And also like Vicky again, and, and there's so many instances now, but like Vicky, especially this week with the, like I heard this thing. Well, where'd you hear it from? I can't say it's like, Vicky, you make it impossible to root for you because you literally start shit. You're below the belt. Like, and you do it for like, for no good reason, but to be dirty. Which is, like, gross. Um, which is, I think, part of the reason why she doesn't belong on the show anymore. But I do think something of, like, uh, what's it called? A coup d'etat? Is that the term? Yeah, sure. Was sort of reached in terms of the issue that we were dealing with was, like, that these two, well, one of these two women refused to film with the other. Right. Which is, like, the worst position we can be in. Yeah. It's kind of like we had that a little bit with Kelly and Bethany back in season two. Mm-hmm. And that's why Scary Island was so iconic because it forced that scene out. Yeah. But... We needed that moment because it was like, okay, if Kelly and Vicky can't be in the same room, then we're ne- then we can't keep rehashing this plot. So like, we're stuck. And I feel like this week at least we got to the point where it's like, okay, we can have a friendship again. Unfortunately, we know based off of Watch What Happens Live appearances and Twitter that they are not in a good place currently. So we are going to somehow double back to this bad to to the upside down. Um, but for now, we got somewhere. So
0: it's interesting that's such a good point it's interesting watching the after show that they just started yeah. again because the women are like and obviously this is a lot of this is coming from Shannon who's team Vicky which is the wrong side to be on Always. um but she goes that wasn't genuine the um apology tear stuff and she said and I think Emily backed her up but I could be completely wrong no, it wasn't Emily. I think Gina maybe backed her up, but I could be completely wrong When because they, they were asking the women who were sitting It was Bronwyn that
1: was with Shannon. Who said
0: it was... Yeah, so, and I think it was Shannon I'm and I'm like, knowing this. No, but... I love this. I think it was Shannon and then separately Gina mm. who both said that the apology wasn't genuine because of something that Kelly said immediately after the cameras went down and that Shannon felt that Vicky was more genuine Because she could see it in her face and watching it twice, not the after show, which I only watched once, um, but watching the episode twice, I felt the exact opposite. My thinking is if Kelly said some bullshit after the cameras went down, it's because Kelly probably is crying a lot of that crying can come from sadness it doesn't necessarily have to come from catharsis I cry when I'm angry if, yeah if I'm crying in front of you it's because I'm like really fucking pissed and, and that's they were the drinking way. and they were drinking so if Kelly is like this is bullshit right after the cameras run down it doesn't mean that in that moment there wasn't actual pain there. Kelly might have been felt like she was forced into like hugging or something, but I do think that there was genuine emotion. And then I look at Vicky and it's like Vicky's favorite musical is Jesus Christ Superstar. Cause it's based on her life. like, you know what I'm saying? Like she just, she doesn't, it's like, there's, it's not real. I don't know if it's because her brand is fake because, it, you know, like hashtag city of Nope. But, Kelly herself said something on Twitter that was so good. And I absolutely don't remember the exact um, semantics or whatever the, what was the word that um, Vicky used this week when she was trying to say semantics and she was like,
1: Oh God, schematics. schematics." Yeah.
0: So if this isn't schematics, but it was something along the lines of like, I'm not going to look to Vicky. To show me what like being truthful is about or something. And there's something to be said for that. And I'm watching that moment of Vicky saying I surrender over and over because she does not on camera want to say I'm sorry. And as the plane is going down, she is refusing to take responsibility until as late as fucking possible. And her tears to me felt like I felt nothing from them. I was super entertained, but I didn't feel like it was real. It felt false.
1: You know, an example of a similar situation happening that stuck the landing was in season 10 of New York when Lou and Dorinda were having all of their big mess and they were on the vacation and Lou and and, and Dorinda were like in the hallway and Carol was there and then, she, and then Carol like exited mm, when she realized yeah, yeah. what was happening and there was that genuine moment of like, I don't want to do this anymore. I really, I like I love you. And I love that moment so much. There's actually, if there's something, a specific line from that that I really like that I can't remember. But that was like one of those moments because I always, I hated the Dorinda Lou fighting because I was like, you guys are friends. Like, this is so weird. Like, if you watch the early seasons, Dorinda used to defend Lou like, bar none. So similarly, like with, with the Vicky thing, it's like, it's not fun when you ke- when you all keep fighting, especially for the viewer. So sometimes, if nothing else, I just wish that some of the women would get savvier to the idea of like the not all of the fights are of equal merit and like it's just it's sometimes fun when people get along for instance I think we're really gonna have a good time this season with Portia and Kenya being friends I can't wait
0: I cannot wait I I genuinely want to see a sisterhood there yeah I know that there is one yeah
1: so it's like I I am all for like the frenemies, I think like again to reference Giselle and Karen as being a great example of like it working really well. But when true friends become true enemies on the show, I think that it's never my fave.
0: But Giselle and Karen, I look at them, I'm like, they respect each other. Kelly does not respect Vicky. And she
1: shouldn't. even
0: a, And she shouldn't even a little bit. But also Kelly was the one that was stepping up for Vicky. Did the fissure not happen when Vicky didn't tell Kelly she was setting up Michael with someone else? Yeah. And they, like, went to dinner? Why? Ha, it's like, why, you are weaponizing this fight that started because of your own poor behavior right and you're pretending that you guys are unequal this is the thing that i annoy that annoyed me the most about what shannon was saying of like don't and Tamara, i'm sure said it too because whatever the fuck but like don't do those like low blow moves and it's like well But the biggest low blow move was the hurt that was coming from this woman saying, like, I I thought you were on my side. I thought you were my friend. And you were someone who has been through enormous breakups and should understand how important, like, being consistent with your team is. And for Vicky to say these things, regardless of whether they're true. And Tamara said she heard the same rumor about the school. And P.S. Do I believe that that has, like, a nugget of truth? Of course I do. I'm sure that she said some shit. But regardless, you are saying these things specifically to hurt someone. You're not saying them because... You saw it. You're not saying it because and it doesn't seeing, affect you at all. It doesn't affect you at all. It also doesn't affect production seemingly at all. Yeah. I don't think that Kelly Kelly says that she doesn't use drugs. And I believe her. I think that Kelly doesn't need drugs to be enter a manic state. I think that's like kind of a part of her spirit. Um, And so I look at what Vicky has chosen and selected to use To get revenge, and it's like this is way too low based on what Kelly was saying to you, which was, you hurt my feelings. Yeah, like this is how it started. But
1: it's also interesting because it's like Vicky has been doing this now for fourteen years, and it's like she still chooses to play this game, even with the awareness of how she comes off. So it's like Vicky has this bizarre quality, which is like she actually just like. Whereas, like, Lou will go into this season with, the like, the grounds of, like, okay, I want a redemption year. Vicky, like, does that's not in her mind. So, Vicky doesn't see this as sort of, like, actually, this experience will be better if the fans are behind me. And I can, to some degree, control how much the fans like me. Bethany being a great example of someone who fans really undulated on. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, with Vicky, I don't think she has that understanding that, like when they do a Bravo poll of, like, whose side are you on? And, and Vicky gets a zero. Like, <laughs> I, she, like, will, like, be, like, I don't care. And it's, like, and and so so Kelly as well. But, um, but it's, like, okay, but, like, maybe if you want to be a part of this show and, like, want to reap the benefits of this show, like, maybe care. <sighs> it's
0: so tough. But, like, it's just – it's shocking that I'm in this position – where I'm arguing passionately about Orange County in a way that I truly never thought yeah. I was ever going to. I know. To. I was
1: like, cancel this.
0: Did you watch Gina's episode of Watch What Happens?
1: I haven't yet. It's on my DVR. No. So
0: I... Um, I love Gina. Do not currently have a DVR because I am cheap as fuck. It is not on... She says in the Upper East Side. I mean, it's because I got priced out of Brooklyn. Thank you so much. A closet... <laughs> no, a, a attic in Gowanus was more expensive than this apartment. Uh-huh. But if I tell my relatives in Rhode Island I live on the Upper East, they think I'm made of money. Yeah, <laughs> it could not be the that. same. Um, So I haven't seen the full episode because for whatever reason, it's not on Bravo's app, website, or on demand in full. But I have seen clips and... There was a line that Gina said that I took note of on this season of Orange County where she was joking with Emily and she was like, I'm used to the abuse, honestly, which in light of everything that's going on in her life did not age well, shall we say, and who knows how much of that was her just speaking off the coffin, saying some shit versus like shit going on behind the scenes? But there were, I watched the clips in the after show from her episode, and there was a moment where a listener called in and they said, Listen, I work for, a, or I run like a domestic violence thing, and thank you so much for being not like a role model, but a spokesperson against domestic violence. And the look of horror and like fear on Gina's face. Oh my God because she's not a spokesperson for domestic violence she has experienced domestic violence to the extent that we know about it because of police intervention that's happened since the show aired I want to say but since the show was filmed but before it aired and now they're I mean she mentions that they're co-parenting through a government website so they're like Going through the motions, but she has not, to my knowledge, spoken public about it, at least not specifically. And it was a moment where I was like, oh, fuck, the ride that Gina is going on right now on camera with the DUI stuff. With this amazing to me, I could not get enough of the Gina Emily fighting stuff. I think it is fascinating and it ties with their own traumas and like my yeah. trauma is bigger than your trauma. And, yeah. you know, why aren't you there for me? Yeah. But I a little I,
1: bit of gaslighting going on. In that
0: on fight, who's but. Gina gaslighting Emily? No,
1: I feel like Emily was gaslight. Wait, so hold on. Sorry. I feel like it's so complicated. It is complicated. Uh, I feel like Emily was gaslighting. Hold on. No,
0: because I think they're both doing it to each other a little bit. Maybe,
1: but there was... um, But anyway, go on.
0: About the Vegas thing? Shane?
1: Uh... Yes well because it was like Gina was like I have these valid feelings About everything that I'm going through That you're ignoring And then Emily like Spun it around I, I think it's like you said I think they were yeah. both Sort of gaslighting each other uh, But I did get the sense From that fight That they do both Genuinely care about each other yeah. And have a friendship Outside the show
0: Yeah and I think They're both a little bit wrong And I can't figure out A little out- bit wrong
1: But I like them both
0: I like th- I like them Oh god I'm such a terrible person But here we go I like them both fight I like the fight Because I appreciated it I really respect it. It is genuine. It is real. I think they both I'm not putting them on the same level. I'm not doing the Shannon Bedore. Kelly Vick thing but I think that they're they're both being honest in how they feel regardless of like what the actual facts of the case are and I think they both make points even though it's not like even playing fields but I watched that clip of Gina on watch what happens and I was like oh shit because she's going through so much trauma on camera with being honest about Matt that's his name right Matt's like cheating and the DUI stuff and then the filming raps or whatever they're doing she has this insane domestic violence situation that from what I've heard and read about is horrific so she knows that people know about that and then she's being told on a live show that she's a representative for someone and for something that she has not publicly addressed specifically and spoiler alert she's in the middle of all these like you know her ex-husband is asking for spousal support and they're trying to figure out custody and everything else. And it's like, you have to talk about all of this stuff that's happening in real time to millions of people who you don't actually know, like how deeply violating, like we see a little glimpse of how that can be triggering with Stephanie's mental health stuff on Dallas. And for Gina, I watch it and I'm like, Oh man, I feel for you. I mean, it's sort of a joke when people talk about her glam and the fact that she was selling extensions on Insta stories this week, because it's like of anybody, Gina, but it's, she's doing her very best. She might not be a natural fit for how we think of these women as they come through, but Oh my God, for her to be this new to the franchise and have to go through this amount of serious drama on and off camera is a huge, uh, Adventure, that's not the right word. It's a huge challenge for yeah. her to overcome.
1: Well, I think that the last couple of weeks have been really redemptive for her in terms of love the talk with Shannon at the bizarre furniture store. And I think that one really likable thing about Gina that's emerged is like the ability to clearly articulate her situation and not play the victim in confessional or like on the show in any sense, but kind of just be like, especially with Emily thing. It's like, hey, like, I'm just going through a lot here. Like, it's just the, there was, I, w- I don't want to say matter of fact, but there was a way in which Gina delivered the message so clearly in a way. Um, and Gina, especially compared to these women who are all significantly older than her, Gina just carried herself really well on this trip. Case in point, when the Emily thing happened, she got up and walked out of the room. Like, Emily, or excuse me, Gina, handled herself really well that I don't think we'd seen before. And I really do think the last two weeks, like, established Gina as, like, somebody to stick around because I know myself and a lot of people had a lot of feelings about Gemily. Gemily. Gina and Emily returning. I
0: I had a lot of feelings. I was completely against it. Yeah.
1: And now I'm kind of like, I feel like the two of them separately and together have both sort of like earned spots on the show. And I also like, just briefly, the Emily thing with regard to the Shrek thing, I think that it's such a violation and I do... I think that Tamara like if they're not going to do it on the show it would be really good of Tamara to publicly like address that because it's just such a cruel thing to say about a person and she didn't take ownership of it and they showed the flashback she did show it. Yeah I love a flashback my god. And it's not a good look and I think it's really really hurtful and I know that Emily deals with body shaming from air quotes fans and I just think Tamara should be more sensitive to that. Here's my problem, a- and I've said this it's like who's going out of their way to
0: who's going out of their I you know poor sweet lovely Sarah Paulson this week was like yeah. LVP was a dick to me and people are coming out of the work to be like who the fuck are you and blah, 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 Emmys yeah, 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 yeah. aren't gonna give you puppies and like whatever else bullshit and LVP buys into it she's responding to people who are um sarah paulson truthers who are saying well she was friendly with so-and-so so it must be i don't understand it i don't understand people who dm children of housewives yeah. which happens and i'm sure has happened to jolie countless times yeah. i don't understand people who call out a housewives weight height sort of marriage although that's kind of like yeah. iffy that's but a gray I think area. the thing is
1: like i think it's a known thing on like whether it be podcasts or twitter or what have you it's just like housewives looks are kind of off limits um and so i just feel like
0: unless you look like the crip keeper bcc one very specific new jersey former housewife (sighs) who we will not speak of
1: uh yes uh no but i mean i just think it it was it's just not a good look and i don't know it made me like emily even more
0: do you think that's This isn't to insult Emily in any way, but do you think that rises to something that Andy will bring up on the reunion, or do you think it's for for Emily's kind of like segment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm.
1: Without a doubt. Interesting. Because it kind of got brought up last time, and it gives her something besides the Shane plot. Yeah,
0: which is so depressing.
1: Yeah, it's depressing, but it's like ultra depressing too because I don't think they're gonna fully like go there with it like i think we got what we're gonna get from it and i think we were all like oh is this going to lead to some sort of like divorce you think d- i thought i was hoping but i think we're gonna get some therapy and and that's gonna be bad on that you think about it and it's like uh, you know for instance you forget like the lives that these women lead but it's like Tamara was with simon for 15 years insane and it's like you look at this emily thing and like we're two years in but like sh- this has been her life for I think they've been there for like 10 years or so, however long, but it's like, this is not, we might be freshly, you know, keen to these dynamics, but a lot of the bullshit that we, because honestly, if I could write one sort of like future piece about the show, like a big, you know, opus, it would be sort of how the real housewives has exposed us to the bad husbands of the world. I really think this show through so many examples has exposed the house husbands of America. And I think that uh, Shane is just such a great example of just like he, this is the thing that so many women think is acceptable. And I think, again, I'm mean, going to use the word really expose because I really do think some of the, what this show did was show us just the amount of wonderful women. Cause most of these women are, extremely smart and capable and strong. And I think that we've just had to witness these like pussy ass husbands time after time.
0: And I don't know where it comes from, but there is something, and I'm not going to say it's like specific to the ladies, but it's like not necessarily we can fix you or we can make this work or I, I think I'm supposed to love you. Like, in spite... What's that whole fucking... I'd love you not despite, but in spite or not. Whatever the fuck. But there's something that happens where we think it's our responsibility to take on their faults. Yeah. But the reverse of that is never their reality. Well, you
1: also see a lot of men especially in the earlier years of all the shows, contending with this idea of their the, their wives becoming breadwinners suddenly. Yeah. And sort of them, I know like the Alexis Jim plot um, that happened in season seven, which was like this idea of like, I want to go and do this news thing one day a week. And he's like, well, one day a week can become two days a week. And it's like, yeah, and like, it's just this sort of idea of these men feeling like they had this archetype of being at the head of the family. And these women come along and push up against this years into their marriage and these men sort of like questioning. Do you want to bring up briefly though, iconic man, husband, former husband of the show, Don Gunville. Amazing man.
0: Chef's kiss. Prayer to the sky. Loved
1: her. Treated her well. She did
0: not deserve him. I don't care what she says about him having affairs, whatever. So did you, by the way, Boo. Where did Brooks come from? It didn't happen. But no, just out of nowhere.
1: He was such a good man. Such a good man. And also, like.
0: Still a grandpa, by the way. mm
1: -hmm. And, like, just really respectful and carried Mm -hmm. himself well. Didn't Mm -hmm. fight with the other women. Like, just played by the. Well,. Didn't play by the rules because the rules say to fight. So, um, loved on.
0: And still has a great relationship with Brianna, with the grandkids, with yeah. the weird husband. I don't know where he and Michael are because I don't know how active Michael is on social media. But I'm sure he and Michael are doing great. Not... Everyone, I don't think he's attractive, but also I like meatballs. So, it's like do not – I think Travis on Dallas is like a tasty little delight because I am <sighs> mentally – Something. Mm. Um. So speaking of Dallas, it happened, guys. And that is all the time we're going to spend on it because it does not matter. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry to this season, but I watched you last season and you were better then. It's like the leftovers that are just not working out after being in the microwave for I don't know how many episodes. Can
1: I say one quick thing about Dallas, though? Yeah. I feel like Dallas is suffering from the six syndrome, which is it really needs a seventh woman. I think you'll notice like this trip uh, with O.C., having Vicky to complete the cast and make it 7. It really did. Help. I just think Housewives are best in 7 or 8 in the case of season 7 of Real Housewives mm-hmm. of New York, which gave us our only cast of 8. Um but I just like a 7 dynamic. I think it just adds so much more flavor and I think one thing that Dallas particularly suffers from is the idea that it has so many inherent pairs within the cast. Yeah. And so because and so I just think it's a really hard cast to sort of mix up and I think that The new Carrie is such an odd addition, not because I don't like her, but just I'm so curious when they were like looking to shake up this show. It's the same thing I thought when they brought Emily into OC. It's like, what was it that they saw in this audition tape that made them say, yes, this is the one?
0: She is a perfectly fine person, yeah. but that is not what I'm watching this show no. for. And noting the ratings are what they are for Dallas. Yeah. They could not gamble in this way. And Lovely lose. home though. Lovely home. Lovely home. Beautiful. Beautiful yeah. gowns. But yeah. like what else is there? You could not, you were not in a position where you could really roll the yeah. dice and make a choice that seems to be so off center. Because if you lose, I would think the show is like series finaling It's what it's yeah. like away. I, I don't know. Um Maura well. I wish it well. Um so you bring up bad house husbands and their historic place in the franchise. And listen, we gotta talk a little bit about Potomac and guys, My I favorite? got favorite. You're what?
1: My favorite. I mean besides Roni, but like I'm saying in, in current rotation.
0: Their fa- favourite as in it is the best and or it is the most enjoyable for me to watch. Both. Right? This season is one of the best seasons of franchise. Yeah, any but I'm well one of those
1: rare people where because everyone's like, oh, start with season three. I liked Potomac from the get go. You liked it season one? I loved it. I loved it. But I, I love the original not. Katie. Um Oh my god, and I love um Instead of her replacement new Katie. Yeah, and like I love Therese and I yeah, I I liked it from the beginning. But I, I agree that it's I understand the idea that like it really snapped this season. Well
0: allegedly Cherise is like Filming again Which thank I God know. God bless She is fantastic uh, She's yes. a great foil For um,
1: Give me like The divorce Giselle. papers yeah. Of Eddie And like Let's get Shasha Like back in the ring
0: I miss that champagne room We saw it being built yeah. I want it to see being used Yeah So guys I got some satchels of Gold um, From you about American sweetheart um, Michael Darby And I am just Going to read them And then I want us To discuss uh, Satchel Gold From Beth and Santa Monica I just watched The third part Of the Potomac reunion Michael Darby Is perhaps The most garbage person To ever be on bravo and i wish bravo would hold him more accountable and part of that is covering the context race has in this to watch a smirking white man gaslighting a bunch of women of color about groping the bodies of men of color was chilling we should all be used to watching amoral white men assume they decide what truth and reality is but this was over the top bravo how many production staff and talent have to tell you what's happening for you to believe them over a single rich white man? That was something. Um, Another satchel from M in Sydney. Michael blaming grabbing guys' arses. Oh, I love arses. In the past as being a cultural norm in Australia is complete bullshit. It is deemed to be sexual assault in Australia just as it is in the U.S. Satchel goes from Emily in Staten Island. Andy was way too easy on Michael and Ashley. They purposely evade the questions and and he then... Culture shames Americans. I do not get why Andy didn't push him more. Also, shout out to Emily who lives in Staten Island for using the sentence "Americans." Yeah, I love that. Um, and one more satchel from Renee in Auckland, New Zealand. Uh, in the uh, we got a nice little
1: love real houses of Auckland
0: for real. Um, in the Australia, I've never seen it in the Australian justice system. In a case without physical evidence, a case can be made circumstantially with the testimony of multiple witnesses that prove a pattern of behavior. I know this because a friend of mine was going to be flown was going to be flown over there to testify against someone this week so his arguments and denials were worthless there is a pattern of behavior here guilty guys there's a lot there is this I I gotta say I want to ask you this is a lot to like discuss so don't feel like we I just wanted to say what the people are saying so we can talk about whatever we talk about but I watched part three and
1: wish we had a part four
0: wish we had a part four I did not like the way it went down I felt like they were I wonder if the camera woman who was holding a piece of equipment and doing her job and in a place where she couldn't physically like that away someone that was assaulting her how this would go down if it was a man of color being accused of assaulting a white woman or any man being accused of assaulting any woman I think it would be a different conversation I don't like the lens put over this that there's something comical about it I really appreciate Karen for sitting on the couch and doing the job of Karen and Katie who sh- absolutely needed to have been there regardless of whatever she said on fucking social media because we really needed people to step up to the plate and I did not like the way that the questions were posed I felt like it was being narrated in a way like even the ending the I have to go to the bathroom I I understand that that happened and like whatever Ray said which P.S. I'm sorry I'm all over the place but I have a lot of emotions about this when Ray was like I saw you do it and then it became a joke because Andy's like I don't remember and Michael started to excuse it he's like we were joking around so yeah it sounds like he really did do something that looked to other people like he was touching someone without their consent it is super problematic for me and layered with the fact that there is this lens of like well Michael must be in the closet when Similar to someone being assaulted while they were drinking or the other person was drinking. And it's like, you know, I was drunk. Drinking a lot does not make you a rapist. And being gay does not make you a predator. And I think I am... Super uncomfortable and none other than fucking Candace said it best with like I am she said when she didn't when they were in between whatever I am uncomfortable being around him I am I am uncomfortable with the way that he was able to use this platform to gaslight America preach I mean did you I I, want to hear your perspective because like am I completely I might be completely off base and PS I'm part of I don't know, The Sunken Place, a little... That's not the right use of The Sunken Place, which is a terrific movie. Everybody watch Get Out. But I... You already have. I have found elements of this entertaining. Like, I can't say, like, how dare you, because this season was fantastic, and a huge part of it was, like, what the fuck is happening with Michael? I have laughed at Giselle's jokes. I But... for some reason, I assumed that during the reunion he would be buried. So I thought this was leading to a place where it's like, "Ta-da! We all know you're lying, and you sound like a fucking moron," and case closed.
1: Well, I, I think I don't have a, a take on this, but uh, but to say that I think it part of what I think excuses what like you what you mentioned sort of like the flippancy of how it was discussed was like. We're talking about a butt grab and not a rape, which is not to say that we're not discussing assault, but I just think that it makes it a little bit more palatable in terms of, I don't think we would be laughing about it if someone was assaulted in a, I don't want to use the word, more serious way, because any assault is serious. Um, But again, I do, I would be lying if I did, if I tried to say, I don't think a butt grab is the same thing as Myriad other ways in which people can sort of be taken advantage of. Um, and so I think that's why there was sort of a cavalier way in which it was covered early on. I mean, clearly Michael's a villain. Um, like an
0: IRL villain, guys. Like a genuine villain.
1: Ashley, who's a very smart person, stand by him. However, she's been standing by him since, you know, we met her and were exposed to sort of his like weird behavior i think with regards to someone's comment about bravo's actions here i i feel strongly about the fact that bravo and the show have no sort of moral obligation to uh, make any sort of commentary on sort of like how things like this ought to be handled so i understand the frustration of that of that the commenter, um, but I don't think I don't think it's Bravo's job to manipulate the narrative or to create some sort of moral um, good to come of it. Um, and I I mean, like as you pointed out with the canvas quote, it's just kind of uncomfortable that these women have to film with this man. But it's also really uncomfortable that Ashley, who really deserves a lot, she's such a smart, wonderful human that she has to sort of like be with this disgusting man. And I think it's interesting if anyone came out really favorably on the reunion besides Monique's dress, um, it would be, uh, Chris. So oh. Candace is Chris. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it just goes to show you that like, and it's Chris on paper. It's like, he's got, has kids with two other women before marrying Candace and ostensibly doesn't have his life the most together, but has proven, throughout his time on the show to be a good man and a very loyal fiance now husband. I just think it's sort of like you see all the different variants of kinds of men and the loyalty to their women. And so I think the Michael Darby thing's an uncomfortable plot line in that like we didn't land anywhere with it. And it got weird because it like broke the fourth wall wall in a way that was interesting, problematic Michael's problematic and then like Chris Samuels like staying on his side is also problematic and I love Chris Chris Samuels. Samuels.
0: I love him so much.
1: So yeah but I mean I think it was a really good part three for Karen and I think Karen um, sort of you know spoke as the avatar of the viewer um and looks beautiful. Mm. might I add. Um that's it all the women. My god. Yeah, they look stunning. So beautiful. I love a coordinated color. That's what I said to yeah. somebody
0: the other day. They were like I didn't like their outfits and I said what the fuck are you talking uh, about? Get some taste. No, it's perfect. Yeah, perfect.
1: no, they so good. They are beautiful women. Yeah, they're stunning Um and I just want to say on the record, I think Giselle Bryant is one of the most beautiful women alive. She, like she's stunning it's insane but um and yeah also,
0: p.s. she's the opposite of luann she gives a great interview and she is willing to like go absolutely everywhere totally she's she, she, she yeah. AF. Yeah, yeah she's great
1: yeah uh so i i think it's uncomfortable i think i want cameras up right away i want to start filming season five literally from the time they left the reunion and i say let's kick season five into high gear and sort of we need to sort of see where this goes in order to sort of assess because we didn't we either didn't land anywhere or we didn't land anywhere satisfying and so I'm extremely optimistic about sort of like where this where are we where are we take this plot or like do we ditch this plot or like how do we get out of this why
0: is michael who seems to be responsible for making his own decisions as well as his wife's wife's why is he interested in having ashley continue to participate on this show if it is as shameful and disgusting as he said this week
1: well i would imagine that it's for the financial incentive for ashley in the event that something would happen for their marriage that she would have some sort of nest egg um do they do a prenup i can't remember Oh, yeah, and then she, this. like,
0: agreed to extend oh, yeah, it, whatever, yeah, whatever yeah, 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 blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Up. But there are incentives for them to stay together. Maybe it's million dollars. Maybe it's whatever. Yeah,
1: but so I think it's for her to have some kind of finances. And I think probably in his mind, if they stay the course, they can write the ship. Is is I'm not justifying it, but I'm just saying I bet in his mind it's sort of like he can control the narrative if he's still aboard the narrative. Um, versus, like, I'm trying to think who's someone that, like, left. La- oh, like, Adrienne Malouf who left on a bad note and lost control of the narrative. Um, Her
0: final role as a housewife is not showing up.
1: Yeah. Or decision, whatever yeah. the fuck it was. Yeah, yeah. Icon. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I... Extremely great drama produced by the show. Um, perfect cast. Perfect cast. Wonderful. Uh, Monique and Candice are those rare editions that like gelled so well from Monique, not from the get go, but like, yeah, she um, took a season and I'm super excited to see Monique season five post baby. I'm really excited to see like what's next for Monique. Um, and I, I think that Potomac is so special in having the Karen Giselle and having the two matriarch sort of thing, because unlike Roni, which is like Bethany's territory or, or, um, Beverly Hills, which is Vanderpump's, you know, or Dallas, which is Leanne. It's, like, Potomac really has two women on the top. God bless. And they're actually, like, equally. Like, like you really can't out. Like, they both bring different things and are so important. And I just think Potomac is a great, like, sign for, like, the heartbeat of Real House as a franchise to say that, like, okay, like, we can churn out new cities and, and have them be really good because, you know, we weren't super excited about Potomac or Dallas when they were first announced or yeah. debuted and their first seasons I, I I mean, I loved the first season of Potomac, but it like lukewarm for most people. So and I mean, I'm excited to see the rumor is that they're currently filming another one, a new Housewives. Um
0: wait, New City? Yeah. What? You're looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> your eyes just got extra sparkly
1: um so we'll see. Midwest uh California
0: what other oh my god guys I'm so not a California person it's like what else is there outside of LA is it real outside of LA which is it. what I Beverly <laughs> Hills is can't. are you gonna tell me as soon as we stop sure fantastic
1: um and this is a rumor I don't know anything I just I've heard. have heard you know
0: there have been rumors of like they're filming here and they're filming there and it's not them yeah
1: I just have I'm heard. just staring at you yeah. I'm
0: staring you down california
1: yeah unless really well after uh, the success of well, so wait I'm, now that i'm saying it because the city it's either uh, it's either california or texas because i know that cause, texas
0: makes more sense i would think it would be houston
1: no it's,
0: san antonio which i read somewhere but i didn't believe it maybe it's because i've been to san antonio and i was like this isn't the or maybe place.
1: i read the same thing and it's not true
0: I don't I don't think San Antonio is true. I think that
1: they're filming a new Housewives right now. And what I think is that they're filming a show right now with seven women in a city and will either become a Housewives or if they don't end up doing it, they'll rebrand it as like a Married to Medicine or like a new sort of show. But I do think that a show is being filmed right now with the possibility of a new Housewives.
0: Franchise. Which is something that I discussed with Caroline Stanbury last week, which is if Ugh, your show had blessed. been... Phenomenal. Oh, don't Phenomenal. Me started on but if, I can't. But if her show had been branded as The Real Housewives of London, it would have been a different journey. I know that it was really expensive to produce, but it was top quality and it was n- misunderstood. Genius. And also, P.S., speaking of shows that aren't branded as Real Housewives that you should absolutely be wa- watching, I know people love blow Deck, whatever. Like, great, fine, whatever. Fucking Married to Medicine is such an unbelievable... I know that the spinoff was not great, but it is... Married to Medicine, OG. Like, it is... Unfucking believable there was the disillusion of a marriage that was announced in part whatever of a reunion that was repaired in real time by the cast rallying around a couch and forcing a husband and wife who had filed for divorce and were awaiting paperwork to work that shit out and Andy was dead quiet and was like said after this is the realest shit I've ever seen and was entirely correct. Married to, the journey, if you want a journey of a woman, the journey of all of these women from like season one to season two, completely different people. Mariah from like what, it's people that are watching Married to Medicine right now, I hope are nodding. P.S. It's National Boyfriend Day. My boyfriend, who I want to just give some love to, Dr. Damon, who is happily married on Married to Medicine, but I do not care. He is a fucking treasure of a teddy bear, of a doctor, of a man. It is, do you watch it? You don't
1: watch it. I don't. Oh my God. But you're convincing me. It is but I do so want to say good. it really quickly on Ladies of London. Ladies of London, its original conceit is so strong because in the be- in the first season yeah. it was all about these three American right. girls versus these Brits and all of the drama was sort of predicated on the idea of like the Brits had class and the Americans didn't and the Americans were trying to infiltrate the city and that like sort of mm-hmm. that sort of got things going and then basically it was like Juliet, who's an American and Caroline, who's British, became like friends, and it was all about sort of like how that sort of like ruined all of like etiquette as they knew it. And I just feel like and then season two, Rod and Juliet Montague, who is should be canonical. Um, but I just think I, I totally agree with you. I love Ladies of London so much. I will say briefly, for anyone that's listening that has never seen it, just do season two. Love season one and I like season three, but season two is like when everything like really gets going and I absolutely agree with you and I think it's a travesty that they did not stick with that show because that cast is wonderful and rest in peace to I Scott it. no he um, was
0: murdered or killed or committed suicide no oh yeah 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 uh, um, uh, Mary Beth Marianne McQueen's friend Mc- that's how she's known um Alice Marie
1: <laughs> anyway <laughs> oh <my> God
0: <laughs> Her and that horse rest, that she fell off of. Rest, rest in peace, peace. This
1: a good woman. This time, um,
0: she was she was
1: Ju- she was, not Juliet.
0: No, she had a, old money. Oh, Annabelle, thank Annabelle. You. <laughs> it's her <Yeah>. name, Elizabeth <laughs> Old Money. Cut, cut this.
1: No, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, rest <laughs> in peace, Annabelle.
0: Rest in peace. Um, yeah. So guys, and P.S. You can watch the essentially the entire series illegally online if you know how to Google misspellings of Ladies of London. Because the day before I interviewed Caroline Stanbury downtown, I literally watched the entire all of season three i want to say and parts of two because i'd already seen it but like it had been a couple years
1: although i didn't like in season three they did who was sophie Mm -hmm. and caroline weren't friends anymore
0: yeah because they were former sisters-in-law and then yeah yeah, i didn't like that they're friends again okay good she doesn't speak to um oh god i can't even remember adela she said that adela was like oh wow yeah and adela was was like like
1: the equivalent of friend of
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Who wanted it desperately yeah. to be on the show.
1: I wouldn't have hated it.
0: Um, I am so desperately happy that <sighs> you came on the People's People's Couch. This was a dream. Like you have there were discussions that we had that I have of things I had never before considered. Oh, and to be hundred and twenty six episodes in and feel like this is the series beginning is something. Well
1: thank you and congratulations on being 126 fucking no episodes in. Can believe ahead. it?
0: Congratulations to the listeners for keeping up with me. <laughs> yeah no but honestly that's really
1: fantastic that you've done this and that you've thank had so you. many. And thank you. for having me. Oh
0: my god such a pleasure. Tell the people how to follow you because guys his social media oh my god it is so it's like f- oh just
1: You're wonderful. So a plus um, plus. A plus plus. I am Evan Ross Katz on all social media platforms. I and probably at my best on Instagram story <laughs> no your um, Twitter
0: is also magical. my Twitter Well,
1: oh, thank you but my Twitter is a little bit more my thoughts are a little bit more guarded just because it's more yeah. public yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's like obviously I still carry but like it's just yeah uh, More thoughtful version, and I'm a little bit more unhinged on my Instagram story because then I can, you know, wake up and and forget that it ever happened.
0: Amen. God bless. Um, Follow me on everything Twitter at Sarah Galley, Instagram at Dame Galley. You guys, this was so wonderful. Thank you so much for joining me. Hope to see you again soon. Yeah,
1: thank you.
0: And guys, let us know your thoughts and feels. Okay, bye bye.